This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, March 13th, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Veronica Belmont. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud. See, that's podcast of indeterminate length, episode number 184. Ooh, I'm not entirely sure. Since yeah, I think that's right. Tom is and on the road, and I have no one to tell me what episode we're on. We've got uh, RFID passports and the huddling, confused masses of theater owners and, and, and all kinds of Google conspiracy theories coming up. Tom, where are you? I'm in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I just rode in in my Subaru Outback. I, I asked for, like, you know, a tourist-level car. I walk out, they have a Subaru Outback. That's cool. That's kind of nice. I yeah, guess. that's pretty cool. I, I heard so. that, is it 2006? Because I heard that car's pretty teched out. Well, of course, not the rental. No, nah, the rental's not. Well, you know what? It has a CD player. Oh, that's <laughs> a good start. It's pretty hey. up for a rental. <laughs> but it's not the L.L. Bean edition. No, no XM radio, no no nothing. It's Bummer. just too much car for driving to the hotel and back. Yeah, that is a little silly. Well, maybe you should just go on a little adventure. I think I will. Remember, folks, Tom is at um, South by Southwest, where he will be engaging in the Web 2.0 nirvana that it sounds like it's going to be. Yeah, I feel kind of cheap because the interactive conference has been going on since uh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. And I think Daniel Turneman from News.com has been here blogging about it. So I've been kind of trying to keep up on some of the keynotes and whatnot. But I just got here, so I, I got nothing to say uh, <laughs> about what's happening. But by tomorrow, I'll have more. All right. And we'll expect an update on your Outback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Right. So the first big news story of the day, dun, dun, dun. McAfee. Do you say McAfee or McAfee? I say McAfee. I say McAfee. I say McAfee because that's what the announcer at McAfee Coliseum in Oakland says. I know. That's why I say it, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, McAfee Antivirus released an upgrade that unfortunately went on a little bit of a killing spree. <laughs> this is becoming all too frequent with these things. <laughs> it was perfectly innocent programs. Basically, the update... Um, was buggy and caused a lot of false pro positives. And so it started quarantining and deleting several widely deployed applications, including Microsoft Excel. Oh, no. Macromedia Flash Player. Ooh. Adobe Update Manager and the Google Toolbar Installer. Wow. Now, yeah. I assume that it would still ask you before it deleted it unless you had set it to auto-delete viruses, in which case you're SOL. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely automatically quarantining. And then uh -huh. if you have things... And I know with McAfee, there's a setting where you can say, ask me before you delete something, which right. anyone who didn't have that setting is really wishing they which, had, had activated it right yikes. now. Yikes. Well, but the other thing, though, that happened was... It incorrectly flagged these files as viruses, and then it renamed them Ooh. as filename.exe.vir. So if it asked you, do you want to delete these? You wouldn't know what it was. You wouldn't know what it was. Oh, no. And you would you'd... just assume that you had viruses. Yeah. yeah. And so you know that if this stuff pops up, I mean, if McAfee pops up and it's like, hey, I just found five viruses. Do you want to delete them? You're like, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. get those things off my system. Yeah, and then it's like, goodbye. Well, unless Excel. you're like me and you're like, no, remove it to this removable drive. Well, yeah. Not everyone that. is like you. <laughs> most, <laughs> almost nobody. Most people are not. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. And then the saddest part of all was that McAfee, in response, issued advice, you know? And, uh -huh. then, and then their advice was like, were those annoying people that say, well, you could just restore these applications from your backup. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is which is step number one, which right? Is, yeah, did you have not... a backup? If you did, great, restore it, you're fine. Exactly. But, but that's not the end of the story, because as we know, as much as we preach it ourselves, I'm sure all of us aren't 100% backed up right now. No. Because it's just, people yeah. just, you know, it's like flossing. I know. People just don't do it. 
It's like flossing. <laughs> it's like That's perfect. Flossing. I actually floss more than I back up, frankly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's pretty bad, and people were uh, a little mad. But that that's that's what happens in the technology world sometimes even with products that are not beta. And you know what this stuff is going <laughs> to happen and if it happens every once in a while and the company does everything to try to make it right then it usually blows over. What what really stokes people's fires is when you get a, a sort of a flippant answer. Right. The and other thing, another interesting point is that they McAfee also said you can restore stuff from restore points. Right uh-huh. on uh-huh. your computer, and then many analysts and bloggers, mostly bloggers, pointed out. I guess bloggers can be analysts too. Pointed out that um, McAfee and other security companies often advise you to delete restore points yeah. after a certain period of time because they may themselves contain a virus. <laughs> well, right. so if you CNET, restore to an earlier point when you had a virus, well, yeah, and exactly. Go ahead. Here, I was going to say here at CNET, the corporate computers actually d- disable restore point yeah. because of that very security risk. Although this this particular issue did not affect corporate installations of McAfee, but... Oh, that's good. Yes, good point. Um, yeah, so speaking of technological glitches, <laughs> this is pretty big news. This also happened on Friday, late Friday. Singular and T-Mobile stopped selling the Razer. Yeah, this I heard the, about is this. Is the Razer V3C? Yeah, the new the Razer. The new one, yeah. Due to a technical glitch that causes the phone to uh, hang up on you or shut down. <laughs> okay. The most hilarious part of this story for me right now, as I'm sitting here looking at it, uh, I'm looking at the Reuters version you sent me. It says Singular and T-Mobile have temporarily stopped selling the Razor, and there's an ad for getting for the, for the, the Razor right. from Verizon. Oh, on that page, <laughs> on really? On the very page. Oh, I don't <laughs> see that one. But that's yeah, I see that one, too. I wonder if it's like smart ads. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not going to sell it to you, but we will. Fuck <laughs> you or not. Here, you can get it here. I saw some, I saw one, of, like a singular booth or kiosk or something selling it at Costco, though, on Sunday. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think they said at first that it wasn't because the, it wasn't a, um, what do they call it when you have to bring something back? A recall. It wasn't a recall. And it's and not, it, still. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's very strange. Yeah, no, it it is definitely still not a recall, which is interesting. Like that, and that's why I think it was such a big story because Motorola didn't issue a recall, and they didn't say we shipped a bunch of broken phones. They said, well, they said, oh no, you're not selling your phones. It was the carriers who said we're not going to sell them. Well, oh. now that causes the phone to drop calls or shut down, mm-hmm. which is annoying. But I guess you have to wait until you're out using it before you can tell. Yeah. Uh, if you need a replacement. When, when we got our razors, which were the original ones, not the new ones, uh, my wife's razor, the, the screen went blank in the first week. Oh, really? And Singular sent her out a brand new razor, no questions asked. She just had to mail the old one back in a box uh, mm. so that they could, I guess, prove that it was broken or whatever. But, yeah, they, they were really good about switching it out. It's pretty interesting because Motorola, it, the, a couple analysts have downgraded Motorola's stock recommendations as a result and it's kind of just emblematic i guess motorola's got problems with distribution and quality control like they quality control problems. yeah and so this is just uh, another one of those things i guess the razor is not that cool razors pain you whatever the razor's still perfectly cool and everyone knows it but apparently motorola is quite frustrated as they should be yes. as are people who are getting insecure RFID-based passports from the United States, even though the United States knows that RFID passports aren't perfectly secure, according to the Financial Times via Boing Boing, the U.S. is issuing them anyway. There's even been demonstrations that I've read about, I think we've talked about them on the show, where people show that, you know, while it's propped open or if you're holding it loosely in your hand, you can read the information off the RFID chip. 
Yeah. It just does not sound like a good idea. Yeah, I'm really torn on this one because I'm kind of a proponent of RFID. Like, I think it can do some really cool things. There definitely have been, because there was that one study in particular or that one uh, test, which I'll have to look up the details, but those guys basically hacked someone's credit card. Yeah. From Ooh. from a gas pump. Like, it was an RFID gas pump. Oh, yeah. man. And, so they, and they were the first ones to prove that, indeed, an RFID, basically the radio frequency stream can be intercepted and the data can be taken out of it. Hey, I, I am, like you, I'm a big proponent of RFID, but I do think that we need to address the security of it before we start implementing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the disturbing part, is that they know that there are security risks, and they, they so, to our knowledge, they haven't done anything to mitigate them, and instead they've just started to issue them. Yeah, I have to get a passport <laughs> soon, also. Uh-oh, you're going to get one. Well, no, apparently the e-passports so far have only been issued to U.S. diplomats. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> good. good. So only really important people in sensitive positions. Exactly. <laughs> With diplomatic immunity. <laughs> so that if you were going to uh, steal their, their information their name, and yeah. commit a crime in their name, right, you'd be. Great. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> when we come it. back, we'll talk about Google in China getting blocked uh, some more even than they were before. Theater owners, like I said, huddling to fear and face the future. And uh, Price Right Photo strikes back. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. So, yes, anonymous users in China are reporting that now basically all of Google.com has been blocked. Not, not Google.cn. Not Google.cn. Google, uh, the approved version of Google for China. Right. But I, I don't think that's a big surprise. It's not a big surprise, but it's interesting because of the domain stuff, the China domain stuff. Like it basically says that they're kind of just, they're just moving to a model where they'll, they'll only allow sites that are either the Chinese language domains mm -hmm. or are totally censored. I, you know, I thought that uh, to me, I read the story and, I'm, and I had to kind of think about it because I thought that was the whole point of China asking Google to create Google.cn in the first place. Yeah, I thought that too. I and, was and I was surprised to hear that they hadn't been blocking Google.com all along. But and I guess not they figured. to say that uh, uh, that that's true in every country. I mean, Google Finland doesn't block Google.com throughout Finland. Right. It's just because that's the way the Chinese government runs. Well, I think what 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 they'd been doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that is why they wanted to create Google.cn was so that they eventually could move away from ever having Google.com. And before, they were just filtering Google.com. I mean, when I was in Australia, I could, I, it was hard to get Google.com to come up because it kept reading the IP address at the cafe I was at and changing it to Google.au. Right. Uh, they don't, you know, they wanted, that, that was beneficial. They were trying to make it work better for my location, but... This, this not so much with the beneficial. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> not. This is the opposite of beneficial. So the movie theater industry is having an annual convention um, this year, this week in Las Vegas. Kicks off today. This and is not the MPAA. This is the theater owners. The yeah. Who actually show you the movies. Exactly. And who are hoping to continue to show you the movies. And it sounds like, as you have described it, it's basically a totally a bunker mentality happening <laughs> this week that they're just kind of... Huddled in together like the penguins against the storm. <laughs> <laughs> Holding the fragile egg of the film image. industry. <laughs> hoping, 
That was so good. Until the movie watchers return from their long trek. Hoping that digital cinema projection systems will be enough to get us back. No, you know what? Good movies will be enough. Digital cinema projection systems, in my opinion, will help cut the costs for the theater owners. Yeah, definitely. But I don't think in their own right they're really going to draw a ton of people in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of like the, it's almost the high-def DVD argument, right? Which is people think the movies look fine. Yeah. They, they just do, don't like but going it really the, does look pretty cool when you see a great. movie in digital. <laughs> it does. Like, I think I saw, um, I saw one of the Star Wars movies in digital, uh, one of the new ones. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely a noticeable, noticeable difference. And I was like, wow. This is, like, even when they just show you the previews, the, gr- the green screen for, like, this, the next coming attraction, you're like, I can read every single word. It's so crisp. I know it is. It's well, so and sharp. that's. That's if if it's shot for digital. I guess that you know maybe I maybe I could hold back my argument a little and say there is a there is a difference there. That's true. Yeah, I mean it looks it does look good. Mm-hmm. It looks definitely better. I saw Toy Story, one of the Toy Story. I think Toy Story two and one of the Star Wars same yeah. deal in digital, and it looked pretty amazing. But again, is that really like if it's not a very good movie? I mean, I, I did guess I did go to Toy Story two, which I probably wouldn't have otherwise gone to really? in the theater. Yeah, because it was in digital. Because it was in digital. Because huh. we just wanted to see how good it would look. I mean, that was also a few years ago, so it was sort of right. When it was, right, it was know, a few years ago when I went to go see the uh, Star Wars movie as well. Me too. And so it was kind of new at the time to have movies shot not only in digital but shown in digital in the theater. All right, I'll, dial, I'll dial it back a, a little bit. I'll say it won't <laughs> cause it won't have no effect, but it's not going to save the industry. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be the one thing. And I'm not actually even sure that good movies alone will save the industry. What I, do you think I, I will think film, save the industry? I think theaters will weather the storm just the way they did uh, television, radio, and everything else. Uh, they just will have to change. They'll have to adapt. And what is unclear right now is how they're going to have to adapt. I don't think theater, theaters are going to get wiped out. But yeah, maybe they may get cut back. They may become more of a novelty item. Who knows? Well, and it might become more of a, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not even fair to say, to keep saying saving the industry, because I agree, I don't think movie theaters are just going to, like, vanish. But it's possible that they will all become a little bit more art house. I would be sad if there were no more movie theaters. Yeah. I know that some people believe that having a 50-inch screen in a dark room with a surround sound system is is better than any movie experience, because you don't have to deal with other people. But even with dealing with other people, I still feel like there's something different about having that huge screen. Well, you don't have to wait in the bathroom line. Yeah. (laughs) At home, that's true. What I would like to see, actually, I think it would be cool if if going to the movies actually became a little bit more akin to going to the theater. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if they and the way to to so save the theaters, that. and then you know, go ahead, charge more. make it an event to go out. Yeah, and maybe those tickets then are twenty five bucks. Oh, well, but it's, I don't know. But it's like then you only go to the biggest movies. Oh mm-hmm. great! Now and I have to a, get dressed up and pay twenty five dollars. You don't have to get dressed up. Where do like you even get life. that? Well, the theater. You're, just <laughs> You're such a guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he instantly goes, "Oh man, I don't want to put on a monkey suit." <laughs> I don't know. I've gone to shows on Broadway <laughs> and people were not with my dressed tux up. And my monocle at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I mean really, like make it a nicer experience. Have better concessions. Have like a you know. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that to me would make going to the movies worthwhile. Now it's like I'm paying 30 or $40 to go to the movies anyway. Yeah, and let's, let's dial back the ticket price a little bit, but, and, and I'll, I can meet you on that one. And it's sure. like no fun. I get there and I'm like, oh, great. Then yeah. Everyone's rude. But maybe people would value it a little bit more if it was more of a, of a to-do. 
Well, if you kind of look on the fringes, that's what's happening with the small theaters that can't compete with the big megaplexes. They found ways to stand out. Either they're funky yes. and cool, or they yes. like serve you good food and beer while beer. you're watching. Oh the my show, God! So there's a there's a uh, a um an, an independent cinema in Providence, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, and I think it's called the Cable Car. And you sit in like really comfy seats and you can get beer and they have like, you can bring in food and have snacks. Girl, if you would come across the pond to Oakland, you would know (laughs) about the awesomeness that is the Parkway Theater. Yeah, I don't don't so much leave San Francisco. (laughs) Couches, pitchers of beer. And pizza. All right, I'm done. And no kids allowed. Really? For Mm -hmm. Austin, Alamo Draft House, right? All right, so basically what we're saying... away from me, does the same thing. These places exist, and they're very cool, and you should support them. And it's only five bucks for the movie, so actually you don't even have to go the higher ticket price. Let's um, let's move on really quickly through some some more news now that we've like... (laughs) But these are great recommendations, everyone. Let's move on. Yes. What else could we save? Um, uh, Price Right Photo actually sounds like something we do not want to save. No. They're, they're back again? Yeah, they're back. They're relisted on Yahoo Shopping. No, but weren't According they horrible? Yeah. Thomas Hawk's Digital Connection. According to Thomas Hawk's digital, digital Collection. Now, he's the one who wrote the article, Price Right Photo, Abusive Bait and Switch Camera Store. And it was the one of the most dug stories of all time. Yeah. It was on Slashdot and Boing Boing and obviously on Dig. It was in the New York Times, the New York Post. It was the one where they were just evil. They were totally abusive. Apparently, they had really been a bait-and-switch camera shop with everyone. So they got delisted by pretty much every online retailer. And so now they're going under a new name. Barclays Photo is apparently their new name. Yeah. So they're back on Yahoo Shopping. So buyer beware. Yeah. Look for Barclays Photo and don't use them. Yes. Uh, In in patent lawsuit watch. (laughs) (laughs) eBay is uh, has come under fire over there. Buy it now. This isn't that new. This lawsuit was filed a little while ago. What's interesting is that now the U.S. government is basically saying, like, eh, sorry. <laughs> tough, the U.S. Tough government. Noogies. Yeah. <laughs> we were really, uh, we stood behind RIM because we all have Blackberries, but when it comes to eBay, buy it now. We're siding with the patent holder, the other patent holder. Well, does it have any merit, that, uh, that suit? Yeah, well, at least in this case, the patents um, exist and have been approved by the patent office. Okay. So, <laughs> so it sounds like yes. It may, in fact, be a legitimate yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the Supreme Court is the one to decide the actual merits, and they will begin to do so on March 29th. And who's the, uh, who's, who holds these patents that's going after eBay? It's a company called Merck Exchange, and all they do is hold patents. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. not a Yeah, it's it's what the government basically said, and I think this is pretty interesting because we've talked about this a lot, is that the government said no special exceptions should be made in cases involving companies like Merck Exchange that do not make products using their patents, but simply license them. A practice that in some cases has earned companies the disparaging title of patent troll. Oh, I <laughs> like water this, better, but yeah, troll works. Reading this from news.com. But, um, but yeah, so it's basically the government saying like patent squatting is fine and should hold just as much legal water as, as making a product with the patents that you own. Which yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot of people that hold to that argument. I, yeah. I think it's a bad idea. I, think it de- I, I understand the argument behind it because there's, you know, it says it fosters innovation and whatever, but I just think it sets a bad precedent where people don't actually produce things that help society. I know. Well, and I feel like it does the opposite. I feel like it hampers innovation because to me, it's like I don't want to go out and try to, I mean, to me, I would actually feel chilled by the knowledge that some that were I to develop a product, I would almost most likely instantly run up against some patent. Yeah. That that no one was using, that they had just they had thought of it too. Because of course everybody's thought of whatever I'm gonna think of. 
You know? <laughs> There's no new ideas. Is that what you're worried about? Yeah. You've done run out of ideas. Like, I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes on March 29th. I mean, maybe they'll end up, maybe eBay will end up winning the case. It would be a pretty big deal, though, if they lost the Buy It Now case, considering that they make a lot of money on that Buy It Now thing. Oh, yeah. Um, real quick, Google news to wrap it up. Google is now partnering with publishers to sell online books. So a sort of a new addition, I guess, to the It'll Google be book to search see feature. Which publishers join that pack? I know. <laughs> and which publishers stay in the no, we're going to sue Google out of existence pack? <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> yes, we'll be watching. Um, it says Google is not selling books that it has scanned from the completely separate Google library program. On searchenginewatch.com. No. But aren't there, isn't there aim to scan all the books ever made? So eventually they're going to have to. Well, yeah, but it's just, you know, <laughs> just, they're trying to say, like, publishers, please don't start thinking that we've illegally scanned your books and now we're going oh, to start yeah, selling them. Oh, yeah, I see them. what you're saying. They're not going to just go into their library and start selling those books. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Um, no voicemails today because Tom's on the road and Veronica's about to melt down and... <laughs> You know, it's Monday. It has been one of those Mondays. And we have like a, we have had, we have a lot of phone calls to get through. So if you were planning to leave us a voicemail today, please use your discretion about yeah. the, well, there's the There's a lot of competition because we're going to, we're going to put some on tomorrow, but we could probably only get to a few as usual. Just exactly. For time's sake. So only the best. So yeah, don't call only us. Only the strong. Don't call us survive. unless you think you are awesome. Although we haven't heard from Trip in a while. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> True. Um, just, you know, a couple emails. We've just been getting these emails trickling in from people saying, no, I really want the origami. Hey, that's cool. So, yeah, it's good to know that there's like a tiny little groundswell building. The latest is from Eric in Brisbane, Australia, who says that he has been basically looking for this perfect gadget and enter origami. Huh. It's exactly what he needs. He is a student. And I think maybe the last person who was pro origami was a student also. Could be lately. I, you know, I mean, my thing with it was always looking at it and going, who would want this? Well, now we know. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are a few of you out there. The, the road warrior types, the students. That makes a lot of sense. And then a quick email from Shankles, who says, <laughs> I've really loved the show, except lately. Does every show have to be a continuous rant? It's getting unpleasant, and I'm starting to lose the desire to listen. Oh, are we getting angry? I think we might be getting a little we angry. We had a couple angry shows at the end of last week. I but know. But you know what? Folks, hang in there with us. It, it comes and goes. That's just life. <laughs> Sometimes we're mad, and other Sometimes times we're moody. We're you not know. that mad. But yeah. I'm generally it, a pretty happy person. I know, but I think it's a good cautionary email because we should try to be positive about this industry that we love so much. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's easy to get cynical. It's, but yeah, like you say, it's cyclical. Sometimes we talk a lot about Google and we get to stop talking about Google emails, and then Google goes out of the news for a while, and we're talking about Microsoft or we're talking about boing boing stories, or you know, just everything comes and goes. I so. know. Although I should warn you. We're never going to be touchy-feely. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Molly. This is not how we roll. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of rants, though, um, did I mention last time that <laughs> my um, my hard drive on my TiVo doesn't work? Oh, And that no. it freezes live TV. Oh, and well, it's pause live TV. I got the right adapter, finally. Yeah, not forever. Yeah, <laughs> um, you need so to get a new I, box. So I got to send it back and get I'm a new sorry. box. But or they not said they would happily replace it, right? They did. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. I think you'll really love your new box. I hope they I hope listen so. to the podcast where you said you dropped it. <laughs> I know, that would be <laughs> awful. Wait, are you are you that, Veronica Belmont, the one that uh, dropped <laughs> the, the, that... the wet TiVo box out of your hands? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was only six inches. 
I just dropped it a little bit. All right, that's all we have for today. Uh, like we said, if you've got a good call, 1-800-616-CNET, you can always send us emails, buzz at cnet.com, and post in our forums, forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. If you happen to be in Austin, Texas, at South by Southwest Interactive, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Central Time, I'll be doing a panel on behind-the-scenes of OS X and Windows Vista, so check it out. Yay! Yay! Bye. 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 Bye.